Welcome to Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Kogel, and today, two Oscar-contending films, including The Favorite, takes place in 18th century England. It's about Queen Anne and the two women surrounding her. And a movie with three great female performances, Widows, a dark and challenging heist movie that centers on revenge and money, and it stars Oscar winner Viola Davis. I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Cogill. For this week's first film, we raise our pinky finger to enjoy one of Queen Anne's favorite libations, Bordeaux. And we tell the story of a widower who has crafted a Napa Valley favorite to pair with Widows. And for our Dallas listeners, Gary and I are heading back to Big D in January Yay. to present our favorite wine and film program of the year, toasting the 2018 Oscars. More on that in a little bit. But first, Gary, let's talk about the favorite. Okay, I didn't know what to expect. All I knew is I'd seen the ads, like we'd both seen the ads. And we know it's a period film. And we know it's based on so real characters. So because it's period film, you know I'm all in. Oh, you're all in. <laughs> I, you're, and you can't wait for Mary Queen of Scots. I can't. I know. So, so, and I'm all in, too, because the reviews, I mean, this is a, like 94, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Everybody's talking about it. What I was not prepared for was kind of how shocking the film is. Uh-huh. I, I, w- I was thinking I'm just going to watch all this flowery language and these, <laughs> these women are going to act their socks yeah. off. And it's, it's, not, it, it's really raunchy. It's very raunchy. And it's, and it's intentionally raunchy and intentionally, I, wanna, I don't want to say dirty, but it's just so shocking. And I've, you know, we've seen thousands of films, so it takes a lot to shock me. <laughs> I think it's just that my because preconceived idea it. was different than the reality. Because yeah. movies are what they are, not what you want them to be. After having said that, I cannot stop thinking about this film because I think it's one of the best films of the year. At the time, I thought it was so odd and peculiar because the dialogue, even though it's 18th century England, sounds more modern. Right. And, it's very and, modernized. And absolutely. the pattern the pattern of how they relate to each other is very, very modern, even though they're in period costumes and the setting and everything. And then you have the, you have this queen. and, it, and it, Well, and it kind of makes you wonder if how everything has always been portrayed of... You know, it's not a 1950s period film, right? But you know, what was really going on behind closed doors and the back then in the early 1700s? It makes you imagine <laughs> exactly. And also, these two. So you know, the basic story is that you have Queen Anne, and she's played by um, Olivia Coleman, and she gets an Oscar nomination here. I think she's kind of a shoe in for a Best Actress nomination. The other two possibly for supporting actress nominations. But she was in The Lobster. She was in The Killing of a... Or no, that's the director. The director did The Lobster, and she was in The Lobster. But she was also uh, one of the characters in The Iron Lady. And then uh, you have Rachel Weisz, who was in The Mummy and The Lobster and The Constant Gardener and About and a Boy. And Youth. The, and Youth. Oh, my God, she was in Youth. And then you have Emma Stone, who won the Oscar for La La Land, and she's in Birdman and Superbad and The Help and Easy A and all these... I mean, that's a career going on. Yeah, we adore. I, I think in some ways she's the best thing in this film to me. Mm-hmm. They're all so good, and they're all conniving. And Rachel Weisz is close to Queen, and that's Sarah, right? Sarah Churchill, yes, Duchess of Marlborough. Right. And as a, we don't know, you know, we know that this is kind of based on, obviously, Queen Anne is a real right. character. Sarah Churchill was a real character. I'm it's not based sure on some truth. about the Emma Stone character, but we know that, that the two, the Queen and, and Sarah Churchill had a very, very close relationship. Because the Queen was sick all the time. She was very sick. But, I mean, they had a very close friendship. They then, when she was, because she had, she was ridden with gout she had all these pregnancies she she lost 17 children what that just that how do you how do you mentally deal with that so there's a lot going on in in 
with the queen. Right. Um, she was also a widow, so her yeah. her husband, Prince George of Denmark, um, passed away, and so all of a sudden, you know, she bonds with Rachel Vice's character, Sarah Churchill, in in reality, and then that's kind of what we see kind of play out. Well, the, the point is, who's running the country? Right. And, and, in, and in this movie, it's really kind of being run by Rachel Weisz, right. by Sarah. Right. And then a, th- a third person steps in. She works her way up the ladder of servitude all the way up to being in the queen's chamber and starts to take over because the queen likes her. In, yes. in a way. Yes. They're all conniving. They're all, see, and that's just it. Does she like her or is she just trying to make yeah. Rachel Weisz jealous? Is she playing her? Yeah. And And is Rachel Weisz okay with that because in reality she's running the country so let the queen go and do whatever she wants because right. she's focused on running the country. So. This is all about women and these are strong performances. You, know, you have a few men in it yeah. but one of them is the kid from About, about a Boy, boy that, yes. who was also in Mad Max. Yes. It's got a lovely day to die. It's a lovely day to die. That's him. Yeah. And he's got some fright wig yes. on. He's the head of the, the wig party <laughs> with a very, very big wig. <laughs> He's a really good actor. Yeah. That kid has grown up to do some good films. Yeah. Okay, the line, the dialogue in this film, I think it's an Oscar-level screenplay. I think it's Oscar-level directed by Yorgos Latimos, who did The Lobster and The Killing of a Sacred Deer. This is by far his best film. And, and, it, and the more I think about it, the better it gets, simply because I don't think I got it at first. And now I, some, you know, a lot of movies are smarter than the audiences mm-hmm. that watch them. And I'm, I'm the first to admit I see films. Roma is one of them that I think a little bit smarter than I am, and 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 when but you, you can it, kind of in your mind continue to revisit it. Well, it's nice to see a film and have it all laid out for you, mm-hmm. and you get all of it and every line of dialogue. I think it's even richer and better and deeper and more rewarding to get a film that you think you get, and then the more you think about it, you go, "Oh no, that's yeah. what's going on here." Yeah. So can I? And the, and the raunchy stuff in it, it really has to do with a love triangle mm-hmm. in a way, mm-hmm. maybe just a sex triangle mm-hmm. between three women, mm-hmm. and one of them's the queen. And when they start to play that out, that's the shocking part of it because it comes out of the blue. It just th- arrives out of the blue. And it's so fascinating because, well, because it makes you think, was that going on? Exactly. And- because it's just because we don't. Because we don't think of those sort of things, especially for a queen. But I mean, right. come on, of course, no, of course. Yeah. And so the, what I'm sounding like, you know, a male, a, a male sexist guy going, <laughs> "What's going on with these girls?" <laughs> and in reality, it's whatever. It's fine. Yeah, and and really, really. Really kind of, you know, it's oh, it, fun. It's like you sit there and go, oh, wow. Oh, my God. It's a really good film. Yeah. This, this, this is, I think this film de- deserves to be nominated for Best Picture. There's a, a number of acting performances, I think, that deserve it. I think it's screenplay and maybe even cinematography. Mm-hmm. It's a different looking film, too. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like, it doesn't look like Mary Queen of Scots. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, and it's played like slapstick. Mm-hmm. You know, when they go out shooting guns, you know, the guys aren't going to shooting the guns. The girls are out going right. shooting guns. And they get dangerous, mm-hmm. you know. And <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's like a Neil Simon play in the middle of the 18th in some with, ways. With, with a little more raunchiness. With a lot more raunchiness and really witty dialogue, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's my story, and I'm sticking to we it. We liked it. We I liked it's a it good a lot. film. Yeah, yeah, it's really and good. We, and we love the so Just be prepared it, so a little bit. Sure, but don't not go see it because you're afraid of a little raunchiness. I Never. Mean, it's, oh it's, no, ever. It's really yeah. Fin- yeah I wouldn't. I wouldn't take the six year old. 
Probably not. Yeah. But what's, that's what's what's going on there? That's that's probably <laughs> but you know, it's a good learning experience. <laughs> Later in life. <laughs> so um thought would be fun to pair. You know, there are several um spirits referenced mm-hmm. throughout uh the film. There's lots of sherry drinking. They drink a lot in this they drink film. a lot of sherry, which probably um you know, Queen Anne was kind of known for her excessive um appetite. And she's a big uh, eater. She's a big eater. And so she was. She was horribly riddled with gout, which, you know, just made right. it almost impossible for her to walk. Yeah. Um, and and so richness, rich foods, rich wines. She was always, you know, she wanted uh, she wanted to have the best of everything. And 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 Rachel Weiss kind of holds that against her a little bit in this, which right. I also think is is an interesting kind of character character play. Um, but thought that the best pairing would be with Bordeaux and she was drinking the best Bordeaux. She brought in um, you know, nearly 28,000 bottles at one point of Obriana and Margot. She was a Lafitte. Oh, she did this in real life. In real life, oh, yes. Yeah. She she um, she loved Lafitte. She loved Chateau Latour. She loved Margot. She, she they they were very very passionate about about one drinking great wine, strong deep French claret. Um, yeah. Lots of champagne, also Burgundy. Um, great Rhone wines, but also uh, you know sherry and and the white wines of Galicia, um, in Spain and and Port and Madeira and you know all of the there was a lot of alcohol in her court. Yes. But I love in particular the Bordeaux pairing because the whole film is playing out around: Are we going to go to war with, with France? France? Yes, and yet they would they. They would buy all of this wine from France and drink it, you know, effortlessly. They're and fighting give, France and drinking France. And, drink, and exactly. Give, French, give, give the French all of their money for their wine and then turn around and go to war with them. And maybe it's because they thought that if they could actually beat the French, they would just, you know, gain all of those gorgeous vineyards and somehow England would be making, you know... Bordeaux, but um, but I just kind of love this that it's in the whole play of are we going to go to war? Or are we not going to go to war? And France is France is the you know the evil enemy and had always been the evil enemy, and and yet they would easily buy the best wines that France produced. You know we don't at home drink a lot of Bordeaux. I know you love a good Bordeaux. I I do, but I I, I think I'm I think my palate isn't. Uh, but because I haven't had enough of it, my, my palate's like, like, I'm not drinking a Bordeaux every week. Or I, well, every I love we it. We drink a lot of cabs and we drink a lot of shards and we drink a lot of wines from around the world. Yeah. Um, I think that that's one thing that the, just um, the availability. The availability and, and, and Bordeaux is really a wine that you purchase and lay down for a while. For the most Sometimes, part. I mean, like a Cote de Bordeaux or yeah. a Bordeaux Superior. I mean, some of the just kind of entry-level Bordeaux are great everyday kind of uh, Well, I've been wines. known to walk into the bar at Tommy Bahama. And have a glass on of the, the big the, island and the, ask for their Bordeaux, <laughs> the Bordeaux by, by the, the glass. glass. It just, and I, yes, a little Rothschild. Um, and I don't hate it. Well, and it's it's you know there it's there are entry levels and then there yeah. are first growth and and you know the, those are wines that you drink on on anytime somebody else is buying exactly. <laughs> and I think that fits into your parent because yeah. they had the means, right. Right. The, every if you can drink anything court. you want, yeah. you're going to eventually find Bordeaux. And I think that that was something that, that many of the English royal courts yeah. um, throughout the years yeah. had always been. I mean, if you look at, at 
at Lion and Winter. I mean, that yep. that was the whole, that was when thirteenth century. Like mm-hmm. they they were always the English were always drinking great French wine. Yeah, but I just love the fact that they you know that France was the evil enemy, and yet they would freely buy all of this. You know, the floors might be dirty, but they're going to drink really well. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) When we come back on Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, uh, an Oscar-level film, another one, and mostly female cast. It's called Widows, starring Viola Davis and Michelle Rodriguez. And it's from the Oscar-winning director Steve McQueen. That's not the actor. It's the director. And we will be right back. In our travels, we've had the privilege of tasting some of the most delicious wines from all over the world, and I can tell you that the great barrier to drinking many wines isn't the price, it's the access to Ah, it. The access, wine access, has been a game changer. It's so easy to discover and drink the best wines from around the world. For instance, let's just think back on this last year. We've enjoyed the 2009 Hidden Ridge Vineyard Cabernet Sauvignon. Delicious. And the 2015 Moon Sai Vineyard Chardonnay. Maybe. By Philippe Melka, our fantastic wine. I love that wine. We even tried a pretty good bottle of sake recommended to us by Wine Access Sake Sommelier, Eduardo Dingler. We had him on the show recently. <laughs> we lo- we're big fans of Eduardo's. Wine Access's dedicated team of experts tastes over 20,000 bottles every year, offering us access to their favorite gems, exquisite wines and sakes that taste that they should cost quite a bit more. They do. They taste expensive sometimes. And whether it's grapes from a family vineyard or the passion project of a legendary winemaker, Wine Access shares the full story of what makes each bottle so special. And it delivers both the wine and its story right to your doorstep. So we want you to discover your favorite new bottle. So we've arranged a special, exclusive, limited-time offer with Wine Access. Get 20% off these outstanding wines that are already a great value. But to get the 20% off, you must go now to our special website. It's wineaccess.com slash cogill. For full details, go now to wineaccess.com slash cogill. That's C-O-G-I-L-L. Welcome back to Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I think Widows is one of the better films of the year. It's a heist movie. It's about women who have lost their criminal husbands. Can I say that? (laughs) It's in a robbery that's just gone bad. So what do they do? They plan their own heist to get the money back so they can pay the debt that was left behind by their husbands. It's a scary, intense film. It's directed by Steve McQueen. And he won the Oscar for directing 12 Years a Slave. This guy knows how to make great movies. Would you agree with Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Yeah. Of course. Of I, course. And his name is Steve McQueen, which always which, throws me off. I know, you love. I want to see him ride that motorcycle over the, I know. Over, over the barrier. So it's 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's directed by, as we said, Steve McQueen. He also did Shame. Yes. Shame's one of my favorite movies it's, of the last 10 it's years. It's such a hard movie, but God, it's great. The Karen open, Mulligan is so fantastic. The opening shot of Shame sitting on a subway in New York is just legendary to me. It's the great Viola Davis. You know, She won the Oscar for Fences. She was in Doubt. We love Help. her from The Help. She's been in a lot of good films, even Syriana. And it has another woman in it. She's one of the four widows, Mm -hmm. played by Elizabeth Debicki. She was in Guardians of the Galaxy and Everest and The Great Gatsby. She's that tall. She's the friend. Really? She's so tall. She's so thin and so tall. And she's like a model walking into the room with everyone. Yes. And uh, and I think this has got a great cast, too, because it's got Liam Neeson in it. He he plays her husband. Mm -hmm. And then it's got Colin Farrell in it. It's got Daniel Kaluuya. He was in Get Out. He's the, the guy, guy from Get yeah. Out, who's yeah. also in Black Panther. So good. I think he's just one of the great new actors. 
So you have all of these things. It's written by the best-selling author, Gillian Flynn, who wrote Gone Gone Girl. Girl. Mm -hmm. It's a modern-day thriller. It's set in contemporary Chicago. So you have a lot of crime there anyway, and it's kind of in the backdrop of that. So they're trying to make statements about kind of what's going on in the world now. And yet it's a heist movie. Mm -hmm. And yet it's, can I call it a revenge movie? I don't know if it's so much a revenge movie. But they're just trying to get the money back to right, pay right. pay the debt left by their husbands, and they're being threat her li- their lives are being threatened, so they got to find some money really fast. <laughs> but but wow, I'm watching this film; it's kind of scared the daylights out of me. I'm not sure it's a big Oscar contender. I think it's worthy, and if it shows up on some list, if it gets a best, you know, if they go to ten films on the best films of the year list, that that wouldn't it wouldn't bother me to see it. I think Viola Davis is that's one of the better performances of the year, but but it's. Well, it's interesting because it's a kind of film that I think going into it, you think is going to be more like an action thriller right. than a, oh, serious drama that, you know, when you think oftentimes in the Oscars, the Academy Award goes to this, you know, very serious film. And this might be categorized more in like the, I don't want to say Mission Impossible, but, you know, yeah. that kind of like action. Oh, kind and it's of, not that film. And it's not. And it. You know, it's not, I think, to the caliber of a of a film like Heat, which I know you love. But think about all the great acting that came out of Heat. Yeah. And and it's that kind I think it's this kind of film. It's like a great, you know, the great gangster films or the great, you know, kind of mobster films and that sort of thing, because that's really at the heart of, of what this is. Right. And then to have females as as the lead and 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 you know, unlike that very odd heist movie we talked about a few weeks ago oh, with, they the, to rob with the, the, the rob library. The library. <laughs> These women actually know what they're doing. Yeah. Those were stupid college kids. Yes. These are very bright. The and and, who, and they also are women that have families to take yeah. care of. I mean, you know, you don't sometimes see the other side of what's going on in the, you know, these kind of mobster or gangster yeah. kind of films because all of these women, they have children, they have um, responsibilities, you know, they have businesses, they have parents to take care of, they have, you know, all of the all all of the layers that women have yeah. that granted men have too, but it's not played out often as much, I think. And it's scary enough to think that they might not survive this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other two women, one of them is Michelle Rodriguez, who's in a lot of films and, and very good. And, and then this yeah. new this new actress, Cynthia Erivo, E R I V O, but she was in Mr. Selfridge. Uh, oh yeah, that, she's in that series. Absolutely. And she's kind of got that uh, the the blonde hair mm-hmm. and um, short hair, and she's a really interesting character in this, I think too. I I'm a big fan of it. It's kind of a film I want to watch again. This is a film that I would sit down and and watch if I had an afternoon, or I was sick in bed, <laughs> and I'd want to just watch a film uh, just to kind of well, because I think side, it's better than I'm giving it. And right it's now. and it's it's also kind of fun because it's kind of fun to see yeah. how a, a good heist movie plays out. Right. You know, I love a good thriller. I love a good heist movie. I I love something that that does kind of make you wonder. Okay, what's yeah. how's the plan gonna gonna take off? Is it like a Baby Driver? No, it's not even. I don't think it's because that's to Baby also Day. a heist kind of movie. Yeah, it is a heist movie. I, I think it's completely different style. Mm-hmm. When you think of the guy that directed Twelve Years a Slave and Shame, you take every frame seriously. Yeah, and so this is a very dark, take seriously film on a very, very high level. Yeah. Uh, also, Robert Duvall's got a little part in this mm-hmm. film, 
and he's kind of he goes he kind of goes off in one scene and mm-hmm. it's vintage Duval. Oh, and there's a yeah. good there's a good twist to it, I think, also yeah. in, with our, our leading characters. There's a big that, twist to it. There's a big twist about three fourths of the way through. Yeah, that yeah. that I was completely not expecting. And, that came out of the blue, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. And so I always yeah. kind of appreciate when when there's a, a good twist. Yeah. So I mean, you know, what's interesting is we're we're on so many we're in Oscar season, so we're in, on so many high level films right now that in the middle of February or March, if this film came along. That it would blow everything out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but it's surrounded by good films, and I think it's worth seeing. I'd run to the theater to see what. So that's interesting, though, because we we often say, you know, oh, a film has been held for, you know, maybe like what time of year the film comes out, mm-hmm. and so that's interesting to see that it it is being released right in the middle, or it was released what two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I think the studios had confidence that it would be an Oscar contender, and it it still is. I think it still is. It's gonna. As these nominations for these different awards come out, we'll see how it surfaces. Mm-hmm. Viola Davis is incredible. She's great in it. Yeah. So the women are, are really impressive. I mean, just think we have two films all about, really, about women. Strong women. Strong women. Mm-hmm. Two of them. The Favorite and Widows, and they're both, they're both on a high level. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, to pair. Okay. I thought it would... There are... There are undoubtedly... So many widows and wine. We talked about. Um, I've never thought of that concept, widows and wine. Well, there are so many. Wi- I mean, think of all the women that have had to. You know, Madame Clicquot. Yeah. Widow Clicquot. I mean, she Vu Clicquot really would not exist if she hadn't have taken up her her husband's reigns yeah. after he passed away. Um, Beth Nichol, what she um, yep. and the family did with with Farniente and Nichol and Nichol after Gil died. We talked about him a little bit last yeah. week. Um, Barbara Banky, I mean, the head of Jackson Family Wines. I, I know that Jess Jackson had had incredible dreams, but man, I don't think he could have even envisioned everything that that powerful woman has done it's with that company. Yeah. It's uh, it, it, I am so in awe of her. But I thought it would be kind of nice um, to to toast a a one of our favorite wines, just because I saw him recently. He was here on the Big Island, and it kind of made me yeah, um, you ran into him. It made me so happy because it's always been one of our favorite wines. So we're we're kind of toasting a widower with a wine that he made in honor of his late wife, and that is uh, Minor Family Wines, Dave Miner's. Wine Emily's and a um, mm. little bit about about Minor and and Dave and Emily. They met. Um, Dave ran his uncle's former winery, Oakville Ranch, off of Silverado Trail in Napa Valley. I, I want to say Emily was maybe working the tasting room or something like that. But they met and they fell in love and they had this fantastic dream to open a winery and and they got married and they had these two beautiful girls and they're growing up so so lovely it was you know it was really cool to see him a couple weeks ago um and then i think it was in 2008 um she was diagnosed emily was diagnosed with lung cancer and it was a real shock to to everyone because she had never smoked she was not um she you know, it wasn't really something that yeah. had would have ever been expected or or believed, and um, and sadly, she lost her battle in 2011. Right. And you know, that was a, obviously a very very big big blow to to both the family and the business because she was 
co-owner and as evolved as as Dave was in and really creating what what we think. I will drink that wild yeast chardonnay, minor wild yeah. yeast chardonnay, or their Oracle Red Blend any day. Any, so anybody that knows anything about you and I, our relationship, part of uh, the history of our relationship has to do with minor wine. Yeah, of just sitting on the deck of their tasting room. So many fantastic afternoons. Of just there. you know having a baguette with some cheese and a, and well, a bottle of wine and everything. Chardonnay. I mean, I, I think yeah. about about sitting in their caves with Precious yeah. James, the, the what who I call the wine whisperer, James Peterson, who used to work with him, and 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 having basically he could tell by by what our palate was, what kind you know what our personality was, and I just love yeah. that. It's, he I, I, he was a wine whisperer. He is a wine whisperer. Is, yeah. I totally yeah. think he is. But um, so a few years ago, kind of in honor of Emily, he created uh, Minor Family Wines. Created their Emily's uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, um, and a portion of the proceeds of every bottle go to the V Foundation for Cancer Research. I want to say it's ten percent of every bottle. So yeah. Um, it's a good junk. It's it's a really, and I want to say it's maybe a fifty or sixty dollar bottle of cab, um, but really beautiful from you know Napa, their 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 state off of Silverado Trail up in and kind of on the hillside as Gary said, yeah. sitting on that deck and when and we drive on the, the Silverado valley, Trail, we always wave. One of the mar- yeah, we honk <laughs> our horn or we pull in. Yeah. But just a, a really really mm. special and and you know I always kind of love to find a wine that does give back and has a a good purpose and especially now as we're in the holidays it's something to something to consider. For, they've raised a lot of money for. I mean for, that's a, for cancer research. I think the money is impressive that they've raised they it's yes, like somewhere in the neighborhood of a million dollars yes i think the miners over the just years. on their own yeah it's just really very special so yeah. beautiful wine beautiful winery we you know so a dave miner a dave miner um uh, a bordeaux <laughs> two movies about women and this is a good time of the year i like this stuff next time on Cogill one and film a perfect pairing more oscar contending films either in theaters or on demand and uh before we get to next week yeah. we'll tell you a little bit about going back to dallas we teased it a little bit at the beginning of the show but mm-hmm. we are headed back to dallas the end of january for an incredible night of wine and film with the Dallas Arboretum. We've done a few events with them. Always love being at the Arboretum. It's just a fantastic presentation. It's one of the best venues we've ever yeah. Yeah, done our program. Um, toasting this year's Academy Awards. It's it's really one of our favorite nights of the year. Um, the date is January 27th. There are details on the Arboretum website right now. It's a little hard to find, so we're going to have a link directly to the where you can purchase the tickets and such on our blog through cogillconsulting.com and through Facebook, and we would love to see everybody. It's it's really we're going to have wine pairings, you know, have little cheesy plates. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Did you use the word cheesy? cheesy yes, because we love a good little cheese and wine pairing. Also. And by the way, when that show happens, uh, Oscar nominations will have just been announced. Exactly, so we'll be up on everything. We'll have already seen everything. And that'll be really fun. And the perfect thing about you'll get Gary's basically top picks and who he thinks the winners will likely be. And then you still have a couple of weeks before the actual Oscars right. to see anything that maybe you might have missed along the way. So it helps people start to fill out their ballot. Yeah, it's a yeah. really it's a really fun night. We'd love to see everybody there. But okay. for now, follow on Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill and see what we're drinking now by following me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill, and I'm always looking for the next great film. And I'm Haley. Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Cogill Wine and Film.
a perfect pairing. Aloha. <laughs>